0: Welcome to the Behind the Tea podcast with Rob and Kelly. How's it going, Rob?
1: It's going well. Happy holidays.
0: Happy holidays. Although once this podcast goes up, I think it's going to be a couple of weeks past the holiday season. Okay, yeah.
1: We're in that awkward stage between um, Christmas and New Year's, and I noticed, Kelly, you happen to be in a closet
0: yes well you know with the holidays you're not always at home so you kind of have to make shift a studio and i figured well closet with a lot of clothes is going to be the least echoey and most sound protected room in the house so
1: Mm -hmm. and because it's filled with clothes i can think of no better topic than to
0: talk about fashion
1: you got it curling fashion Not an oxymoron.
0: And this is also why I chose the closet. I thought it was going to be, I was going to get inspiration for our topic of discussion today.
1: Do you happen to have any Norwegian curling pants in there?
0: Uh, I do not because in fact, this is not my closet. (laughs) (laughs) But no, that's something I think that like at this point, every curler would have in their closet. However, I have to say it is more of a male trend. I don't know if you've noticed.
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: Like, there's not that many females that wear the flashy Norwegian pants. We like to stick with our black yoga type pants.
1: You don't have to wear it. I just want everybody to come to an agreement that we're all in favor of the Norwegian pants, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. There is one problem with the Norwegian pants that I have. And this is not to say that they shouldn't exist. But with the rise in popularity, there definitely has been crazier patterns. That have come out Mm -hmm. and with crazy patterns as cool as they are they are very difficult to match so one thing that i hate is when the jacket is a different color or a color that doesn't match the pattern of the pants so it just looks not together like
1: like every norwegian outfit there ever was (laughs) (laughs)
0: pretty much except for their Olympic outfits at least they match they're dressed in Norwegian colors
1: oh I see what you mean okay like you're saying for instance Canada should not have blue and green and if they're gonna have crazy pants they should be red and white
0: exactly and black and black. you know stick to the color pattern or even you can bring the the pant pattern to the jacket or just make it more seamless because some of these that I've seen it's really Top half is having one party. The bottom half is somewhere else. It's like they got dressed in the dark or something. It just doesn't look good. As cool as it is, it's just not a good look aesthetically. Mm -hmm.
1: I guess this is a good point to, uh, I'm going to go way off topic here for a moment and acknowledge our last episode where we discussed ongoing thoughts into how to bring more uh, attention to curling and bring ultimately more people to watch the Briar and Tournament of Hearts, not in a pandemic year, but when fans are actually allowed. And we all have various opinions, but we listened to another podcast where they had quite a few ideas and some of them were a little bit weird, a little bit unusual, but I don't think any of them are actually going to make a big difference. I don't think any of the, and what does this have to do with what we're talking about? When I think of things that got non-curlers talking, I can't think of a better example than, well, Broomgate, first of all, but the Norwegian- let's
0: not get into Broomgate. Yeah, let's not
1: go down that road. Uh, But the Norwegian curling pants. I remember back when they debuted that everybody was talking about them, not curlers. It was one of the stories of the Olympics.
0: Do you remember what this story was or how those pants came came about?
1: I don't remember quite.
0: I have the answer for you. So they came on the scene at the 2010 Vancouver Olympics. So that's over 10 years ago. Can you believe it? And uh, Christopher Sva, the lead on the Norwegian team, is the one responsible (laughs) for these pants.
1: (laughs) Kelly's favorite player.
0: And I don't remember this detail exactly, but there was an issue with their outfits and pants not arriving in time or something like that. Uh, So him being, I guess, the fashion expert, and I'm using air quotes here the fashion expert of the team he was kind of responsible for getting new the team new pants and he's quite a outgoing person and found these pants and they're actually uh golf pants originally
1: right like they were designed for john daly or something weren't they
0: exactly so they bought pants and originally they were only supposed to use them for practice so you know usually the teams come a week or two before the olympics start and just to get acclimated to okay. the environment um so they're wearing them for practice and they were such a hit so <laughs> keep, and people kept commenting on them and everything so they just decided to wear them during the olympics oh, and very it really it was a big talking point everyone loved them non-curlers were talking about them they're like who are these guys with these crazy pants I think it kind of fits their personality as well, right?
1: I think so too. And I remember getting really annoyed at the time because I remember one of the things that happened right away was most of us all laughed at it and enjoyed it. But we all know those people that were like, no, this shouldn't be allowed. The Canadian Association wouldn't allow them.
0: And I think even the World Federation also wasn't a fan of them because curling is such a traditional game and you had to wear black pants or a black kilt.
1: It's hard to roll your eyes during a podcast, but that's what I'm doing right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, so let's just say that uh the players or the team won that one because now there definitely is more flexibility in what you can wear, and I think in the last Olympics, the team USA they wore like white pants and red pants, like oh, USA yeah. colors.
1: one color, though.
0: that's true. I mean, baby steps here. I like they can't be wearing crazy crazy patterns because then they'd be like copycats to the norwegians right
1: i suppose but yeah did you imagine? I,
0: feel like I, th- I feel like they could come out in full like america flag pants
1: <laughs> look like they're at a political rally
0: yeah well i mean it's very uh they love to they love their flag so it'd, it'd be mm-hmm. cool to see i guess um but those pants became so popular did you know that they even have their own facebook fan page
1: i do remember that
0: I actually, ch- I found it. it still exists. It hasn't been active in quite a few years, uh, but it still has 380,000 subscribers or followers.
1: Oh, my. Do they have an Instagram account? Can we follow them?
0: Oh, we should. Do they have an Instagram? Is the Instagram okay. account still active?
1: I wonder. We'll ha- we'll have to figure that out.
0: And you can also check our Instagram at behind the tea curling.
1: <laughs> we got our plug in.
0: Hey, we keep forgetting to plug it in every episode. But not so. this time. Seamless. I think the pants coming on to the scene was kind of like the catalyst to changing fashion and curling, if you will. We've seen a lot of changes too, just in the shirts and the jerseys that are worn. Because before they were just very like traditional one color or like block color type shirts and jackets. Um, But now you definitely see a lot more patterns and more exciting jerseys. Um, One notably is the Edens team.
1: Do they still have those with the big Viking thing?
0: Yeah, they still have them. And obviously being from Sweden, Viking is a very fitting mascot for them. The Viking kind of looks like Asterix or Obelix.
1: He does, yes.
0: Don't you find, even though they're not Norwegian, they're not Swedish, they're French, but it kind of looks the same. To be honest, I'm not a huge fan of the Viking jersey. But it is iconic, it ha- or it has become iconic.
1: Yeah, that to me was always a little bit weird and um, ostentatious. Or I'd say this: if I were on that team, I really wouldn't want to be wearing it. Oh no. Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm pretty uh, easygoing with those kinds of things, but it's it's a little bit much. I don't know. It sticks out yeah. in. I I guess we're we're from the old school, or not not that we are, but we're used to how bland curling mm-hmm. uh, uniforms can be. Shout out Ontario. Just kidding. Uh, we'll get to that <laughs> later. But um, I guess that's why when somebody comes up with something really wacky, maybe we re- like true. it. Maybe, maybe not.
0: For me, it's just more the design. I'm not a huge, huge fan of it. I think it's just, I don't like it when uh, jackets have too much going on. Like I like a more minimalist, simplistic look to it. Teach me too. Own.
1: That's what I I would have thought. Yet I love the pants. So. Oh, yeah. That's, that's yeah, the, that's the true. difference.
0: Yeah, But I guess it it made me think of back in the junior days, whenever you had to switch teams or you got a new player on the team, the topics of jackets always came up and trying to find a jacket and color that everyone liked and that would fit everyone. That was always a a hot topic. And some teams had better outfits than others. I know that our jackets, our green ones weren't popular with everyone, but we liked them.
1: You could spend a lot of money on those too
0: oh they're really expensive too and it, also for a jacket that you could only technically wear curling like it didn't ha- it wasn't a very versatile jacket and you have to spend They were a good hundred dollars
1: uh-huh and as you go on in curling um I remember hearing a long time ago and this is true you accumulate so many curling jackets mm. and um Kelly's broadcasting from her closet, I'm broadcasting from my living room, but if I were to go to my closet, I think I'd find 20-something jackets from over the years.
0: Oh yeah, I think some of them I've gotten, I definitely have gotten rid of, even if I wanted to take them out again just to play in our ladder leagues, like they're so outdated and so ugly that (laughs) they just... They need to go to the trash bin. Like there's no saving No, that's them. what
1: makes them retro. That's what's great.
0: <laughs> I don't even think these ones will make the retro face.
1: So let's actually jump back Um, to, uh, let's go way retro because I actually, uh, I collected, Um, well, my grandfather curled. And so I have his old curling sweater and it is literally a sweater from, I don't know what year he would have gotten it, but the patches on it are from 1985, 1986, around then and so
0: it's like a like a like a cardigan almost that's right Because right? yeah, it, it has go all the way the up. that's great right.
1: yeah. I've tried it on I've curled in it a couple of times just for uh to make a little shout out to the retro curling phase and uh it's fun I love the way it looks just out of curling his- history but oh my goodness is it uncomfortable or
0: oh because it's also it would be heavy too right if you're sweeping a lot
1: it's a little bit yeah it, it's not sweat absorbent feel. That's it. The broom just slides all over the place. You can't get a good uh, grip against the side of your body, but it's really, really itchy as well. You know,
0: it would be a great idea, you know, for um, like the slams or the Canada Cup. They usually have one sponsor for mm-hmm. the event that kind of makes the, the jackets for all the teams. They could do a retro challenge where all the teams that. come out or whoever the sponsor is just makes a collection of retro jackets for every team and then you can sell that. It's very marketable.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I think someone should get on that. uh, Please uh, include us.
1: Yeah, it would sucker me in because quick aside, Kelly sent me a a link a couple of days ago about or for an article saying that um, corn brooms are getting increasingly hard to find and that if you have a corn broom, it's a rare commodity and it's worth something. And so
0: especially one that's in good condition too, because they're not making them anymore.
1: No, and me being the Curling historian that I am, I gave in to peer pressure and <laughs> I pulled the trigger. I'm still waiting for it. It's somewhere in the it's somewhere in like South Dakota or something. But oh um, geez. I want my corn broom. I want to see what it looks like.
0: Hopefully next year you can bring it out and uh, it could become a slider tool. I mean, you can't sweep with it anymore. But
1: no, but I will one day when nobody's looking. There'll be straw all over the ice. But I still so want to try. Maybe I'll try it in my living room and like. Disturb everybody.
0: Those are really loud.
1: That's right. But yeah, I love the uh the curling history part. But I'm not saying it's comfortable. It sure isn't comfortable to sweep those things. I've never been able to do it properly, and it sure isn't comfortable to curl in those old retro sweaters.
0: Well, after the retro sweaters, I guess the next popular phase, and I definitely had a couple jackets like these were the big puffy ones yep. that are literally three times your size with an elastic band around the waist and your hands. And you just look like a inflatable Michelin man or something.
1: I remember um, when we made our first uh, junior provincials, we had to get matching jackets. And so we were all pretty excited. It's kind of like a you made it moment when you get a matching jackets. And
0: you put your names on them yet.
1: We did, but they were like really, really small and on the sleeve. I think you guys had that too, right? Like it was really small. (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, because we came on the scene right at that point where pe- that trend started, where people were putting their names, their last names on their backs, and it was kind of seen as a little pretentious.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's why we kept it small. We're like, we're only a little pretentious. You have to like, squint <laughs> <you're laughs> to see our name.
0: Yeah, you really have to know what's there to see it.
1: Yeah. And I, I think we liked those. Ja- I seem to remember we all liked them. We all felt like, oh, we look pro. And I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, I got that jacket out again just for our league night one night, just for just for for fun. And wow, I felt like I was putting on a garbage bag. Oh, really? First of all, it was black and really, really bulky and way too big for me. And so, yeah, it felt like you were slipping your head and arms through a garbage bag.
0: When I was in juniors, I was about, you know, 90 pounds. So a tiny little thing. So put a huge garbage bag. Jacket on top of that, like I was just floating in it. (laughs) Is that not a good look? I don't know if you remember this trend. So after a while, some companies kind of got some curling companies got on the bandwagon of starting to develop like jackets and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And at least here in Quebec, and I think it branched out to some of the maritime provinces and definitely in the east coast was uh, PCW, so Performer Curling Wear, and they had a jacket so. This was the next jacket phase where it was more instead of being puffy, it was boxy. So it was just a straight cut jacket, and they had one model that had blocks, so sections of color that you can pick from. So you can pick. I think it was the color of the sleeves, the bodice, shoulders, and then the
1: something like that.
0: Yeah, and then the shoulder. So I remember once that came out the following year, you had all of these new, all of the new teams essentially had that jacket, but just in different color variations. That's
1: right. The exact same template. And you had, I remember even teams coordinating with each other. Okay. Make sure you don't get red because we're doing that.
0: Yeah. I think that two, like a female template and a male template for the jacket. And then I don't know if people still use, I haven't seen them in quite a while.
1: I haven't in a while. I have to say I had one of those and uh it was really comfortable. But oh, yeah? it too I put on again recently and was like how did I ever curl in this? It's way too big. But I remember at the time finding it was really warm and really uh nice to play in.
0: Yeah. I mean there weren't that many options back in the day,
1: right? That's right. Actually, we had it figured out. We took the we made all the uh template or we all the different color blocks that you could choose. We made them all the same. Which was kind of lame, but at the same time, we were like, "No other team is going to do this." So,
0: that's. True. Did you have it just black or white,
1: or It blue? was Dark blue.
0: How do I not remember this?
1: Because it was during um my, our coaching days. This wasn't our. junior oh, okay. Team, so you you've seen it. You've curled yeah. with us while we were playing in it, but it's uh, it was n- it was the opposite of the Swedish Viking jersey. It was meant to not really stand out.
0: Mm-hmm. It was just.
1: It was from those days of you need something to go to provincials, uh, get it done quick.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, the quality was good. So there's already that because going to a sports store and finding a jacket that is good to curl in was already a challenge because you you either had like these spring, light spring jackets or the more heavy winter ones that were too heavy but then the light ones were not warm enough so it was definitely hard to find something suitable
1: the last year i I coached juniors one of the teams uh, or the team that i was working with they uh they left the uniform buying to the very last second and on i think the morning that provincials started they went to old navy got some cardigans as a little shout out to retro curling and uh that was their uniform
0: honestly it's not that bad. Like you can find Old Navy or even some other store, like sports stores have good generic jackets that would work. I remember in the last year of my junior years, our jackets, we got them from lululemon <laughs> Not the oh, that must option. have been pricey. <laughs> it was pricey, but our thinking was too is these jack like everyone wears lululemon Like you can wear it wherever as a- athleisure wear. So for us, it was like, hey, this is a hundred and twenty dollar jacket, but it definitely has other uses outside of curling
1: only 120 dollars
0: yeah and that's why we also made sure when we put the patches on that we only sewed like certain corners as to not put holes holes. and i still have that jacket 10 years later i still use it still in perfect condition and good quality um so yeah there's there was definitely a trend lululemon was trending for a while you guys also had a jacket that wasn't curling brand related no did you have those Reebok ones the white ones at some point
1: oh that's right yeah the with the big uh, union jack on the back yeah
0: those were really nice I mean the union jack was not it was a that little was a random little bit
1: much to it implied that we were like the uh, UK curling team but no those but were. that nice. was nice yeah and I still wear it um or I still curled in it up until very recently it was pretty comfortable
0: I think now I've curled in something similar now in our latter games I have like the Reebok or not the Reebok the Adidas one it's also super comfortable and usable outside of curling i think now the key is versatility
1: we've gone from uh, trying to look compet- well i don't think any of us ever tried to look super competitive but now um we're all about comfort
0: like my curling pants or yoga pants now still use curling shoes i haven't gotten on the trend of using regular like sneakers
1: You're to- or converting them into
0: that's another trend which i also only see with the guys it hasn't picked up the I wonder what's yet?
1: up with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're So the trend we're talking about, if you haven't seen it yet, sometimes people use both shoes. Sometimes they have one curling shoe and then the sliding shoe is a sneaker, like a flat sole sneaker, like the Adidas Superstar ones are a popular mm-hmm. choice because it's flat. Actually, I'm here in my closet. My brother has a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see it, but uh, it's a Reebok flat one. And so, what you do is you buy these shoes, uh, and then you can go to any curling store and get a slider put on. You can pick your your thickness. Um, buy two grippers, one for each foot, and uh, you're good to go.
1: Yeah, I've I have to be honest. I've given it a lot of thought because I'm really finicky with curling shoes. Like I don't care what I wear uh, in terms of jackets or what they look like or anything, but for shoes, I'm really really picky. And
0: oh, same here. Uh,
1: yeah, I've uh, I've never been able to find shoes that I really, really like, which is why I'm still curling in the shoes that I have from my junior days, which are barely hanging on by a they won't thread, be, literally.
0: They won't be competition approved, let's just say that.
1: Oh, for sure, no. I There's no way they'd let me into a real competition with these. But um, I've tried other shoes and the hard part is, is like you want to get out on the ice and throw a few rocks with them before you buy them. But that's my big complaint with shoes: is they're three hundred dollars usually. Mm-hmm. You better like them. You better you're you're rolling the dice, and that's why you have you to know. know
0: what you like in a shoe. There definitely is a range. I remember, So I bought my, I upgraded my curling shoes a couple years ago because again, mine were they had holes in them and were absolutely disgusting. But there is a range. Like you hey, do what have. Are
1: you <laughs> no, I admit it. It's true. <laughs> you they do... are gross. Mine.
0: There is a range, so there are some in the more 150, like 200, and then you definitely have the nicer, more pro elite again, using the air quotes, elite and that are in the $300 range. But I think what's good with the make it yourself shoe, the, so the reason why, like, my brother got that is when he was younger like his feet were growing at a very fast pace. So there is no point in investing like $300 in a good pair of shoes when you're just going to outgrow them in two years. So this is a cheaper option for some people um, because the shoe itself, you can buy a cheaper pair of shoes for $40 or if you want to get the fancy Adidas ones at $110, go for it. And then it's another, uh, what, $50 or so to put the slider on
1: yeah, and I think people know what they what they want in regular everyday shoes. And if you find something that's really comfortable, to me, um, I guess it makes good sense. that mm-hmm. hey, if I really am comfortable walking around moving around in this, let's make it into a curling shoe because that's my other issue is I've tried on curling shoes and I'm like, man, these are bulky. It feels like i'm I've got weights attached to the bottom of my feet.
0: Yeah, I'm really picky when it came to shoes. There was one pair I saw it, and I was like, "This is it. This is the shoe we're going with. with." Yeah, uh, so I got the Balance Plus Deluxe ones. Uh, again, I'm a Balance Plus person. Don't <laughs> don't hate me for it, but it's just the classic. It looks. It almost looks like a dress shoe.
1: Yeah, I like your shoe, And it's
0: classic. Uh, it has the slider fits the whole foot with the little hole in the in the sole or like the, the ball of your foot. Um, but some of the other ones, the big issue is that the sole was so thick. Like I'm not talking about the slider part, but the actual sole of the shoe was so thick.
1: Yes, that's my big complaint.
0: Like so you feel elevated and then just putting your foot in the hack, like you feel not connected to the hack. If
1: that makes I sense. know that's what I, I completely agree. That is what I've been looking for for years in a curling shoe. I find that the I would much rather have the bottom of my foot be closer to the hack. I want that bottom layer to the sole to be as thin as possible. Mm-hmm. And also it creates more drag when you kick out like I know you can get the toe coated, but I find the thicker that whole part is the harder it is to deal with. And I think eventually, like if you keep curling in these for years, you break it down. It's kind of like breaking in a baseball glove.
0: You'll get used to it for sure. So it's definitely a personal preference thing. Like I don't think it adds anything to your game as much as they may market it that way. Like every brand pretty much has their own style of slider. Like the Balance Plus is usually the full one. Asham has the discs, which I'm sorry, (laughs) I'm just not buying
1: Oh, these are some uh, these are some pretty uh, strong accusations, Kelly.
0: Well, yeah, but I agree I mean... with you. I
1: did some research, and um, I was looking at the price of shoes. So, Balance Plus has a new brand of shoe, which I look at it. It kind of looks like what I want. The they've thinned down the uh, the sole, but um, I don't know. Two hundred and fifty dollars. Plus tax um, too, right? Plus tax. Oh yeah. Plus tax and shipping and everything like that. Um, Goldline has shoes for 260 roughly. I mean, and you can get cheaper models with thinner sliders, but I, I would not advise getting thin sliders. Unless you're a and complete
0: beginner, but after a certain while you need a, a you good- You want
1: to be able to like not let go of your rock at Ooh, the T-line.
0: Again, to bash on Asham, uh, remember with- <laughs> <laughs> We're
1: losing more sponsorship opportunities every day.
0: Yeah, but you know what? Hopefully Balance Plus will come to uh, save us. Um, The steel discs. So you remember you had the option of having Mm -hmm. the regular Teflon slider, but then they came with the metallic, like the steel discs that were, one had zero friction, so you went flying. And then it made this like clink, clink sound on the ice, which also was very annoying.
1: Yeah, and I think I, not that I tried it, but I remember people telling me that once you, I mean, the moment you slide with any slider, it's going to get ruined. Mm-hmm. that's why you can't test it on the ice and that when you got those little scratches in the metal they would actually drag you in the direction of the,
0: oh, of that's the scratch very bad. like it'd be
1: harder to keep your foot straight I mean or so I've been told I I can't say that I mean like I guess many can- things we say on this podcast it's all anecdotal
0: I guess it's another excuse you can use as uh, for being outside or something like that <laughs> like my shoe it dragged me out it's not my fault that's
1: right I'm- one more little uh, Asham story here that's just going to make more, get us in more trouble. But um, a couple or a long time ago, actually, I, I lived in Winnipeg for a little while for a, a summer. I took a job there and they have the big Asham curling store. And I figured this is the perfect place to stock up on everything curling related that I need. My brother needed new curling shoes. And so I got him some Asham shoes, which he still wears to this day. He likes them, uh, although maybe that's why he misses all his draws. Just saying. (laughs) Sorry, Mark. Uh, But the thing that I remember was I bought him the shoes. They were the right size, but I had to buy the sliding discs as well. And I assumed that you would buy. No,
0: it didn't come with the shoe.
1: Maybe they do sometimes, but not the shoe that I was buying it. I had to buy them separately. And I didn't realize because there's one that goes under the uh, ball of your foot and there's one that goes under the heel. You've got to buy them twice. I just looked this up before we went on air. So a disc, if it's, I think, um, quarter of an inch or whatever the, the relatively thick one is, is $47.
0: Just for one disc?
1: For one. Now I could be wrong. If anybody's wrong uh, from Asham, let us know and we'll correct ourselves next week. But I believe it's 47 for just one of them. But um, the f- I didn't realize that till after I bought my brother his slider and I cheaped out on him. I got him the paper thin one because that was not as expensive, but it was still pretty expensive and wow. drove back to Montreal and then looked at it and uh, went, oh, you only have one. I thought there were two. Uh, well, learn to toe tuck. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is why everybody in Manitoba toe tucks. Yes, we've got a conspiracy theory going here.
0: And it's true because every brand isn't as popular across the country. Asham, I mean, it's from Manitoba, so obviously it's a popular brand in Manitoba. That's right, and they know and- what
1: they're doing, and they've been very generous to uh, curling. And in- actually, I-, I want to apologize for calling them out. I'm not a huge fan of the shoes, but um, in certain curling tournaments I've played in, Asham has been extremely kind and has given us a lot of merchandise. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah, all of our comments here are just based on personal preferences, like not to say that they're not good or will. Um, affect your game in a negative way
1: and really all curling merchandise uh, store or all curling providers are guilty of charging a lot of money not asham alone they're all guilty of charging a lot of money for materials that i don't think are actually that expensive
0: i wonder what their profit margins are but uh yeah so back to what we were saying earlier like asham is definitely popular in Manitoba and out west. Uh performance is definitely a Quebec brand. We have Hardline Two here now that mm-hmm.
1: Hardline is taking over the world, it looks like.
0: Especially with their brooms. hmm Let's not talk
1: about again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Goldline was started in Ontario and is definitely popular there. I think they have a a shop in Ottawa too. Like Yeah they do. Not too sure what's uh what's popular in the Maritimes. Yeah, kind of people just stick to one brand and
1: yeah, or you can be like me and have two brands. Um, actually, let's go through. I I know my broom is. We both have performance brooms. Uh, you were saying your shoes are Balance Plus. I mine are Balance Plus and Gold
0: <laughs> Right, because you don't have <laughs> you have two different sets.
1: That's right. Um, That's because one of my shoes has so worn away that I'm actually using a different pair of, <laughs> from a different pair.
0: I think it's time that you you upgrade. I mean, I, you can I, save... I really
1: hate it when people notice it. Usually no one looks at your curling shoes, but when people actually look at your feet and they're like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, oh yeah, well, you know.
0: Well, I think the money that you saved this year, not paying a curling membership can go into buying I shoes. I can't, it's already year. gone
1: towards a corn broom. <laughs>
0: well, life choices here. Yeah, I know. But yeah, you said my brooms are performance, um, but those ones were given to me through winning in terms of personal preference i also really like the balance plus ones uh just in the way they look like i really like the shaft where it's white and then you can have an option for color at the end so they have like the green or the red or blue like i really liked
1: yeah i've always liked those that's um me too like a lot of the brooms i've won or somehow acquired but That's one of the ones I purchased myself, a Balance Plus broom, and I really liked it. And it's tapered as well. It makes it a little bit easier to put your weight into it.
0: There's two types of brooms, though. Um, Brooms are something that you buy once and you're good to go. Like, you don't, it's not something you buy very often. Um, But when we won the provincial championship, the first time we were gifted these brooms, and that's when I learned there was actually two uh, sizes of brooms. So you had the really thin ones or like the thicker shaft.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't know that.
0: Oh, you didn't know that. Well, there is. Uh and again, it's a personal preference. Half our team went with the center shaft and half of us went with the the thicker ones. I guess it just depends one on the size of your hands and then how like what your grip is like. So I personally prefer prefer the the thicker ones. But do you remember a couple years or a couple years over a decade now when performance came out with the new line of brooms because before like a broom was a broom right you had your brownie broom and then they came out with the i guess that's right that was my line. first
1: broom by the way i had a can curl broom
0: Ooh, and they were heavy too right they
1: were heavy and i kept breaking it because i was 12 years old i was using it as a pogo stick like the bottom was so yeah yeah it was you could so thick. jump on it and bounce off it not good it'll break your broom don't do it kids
0: uh pcw came out i guess they were made like their carbon fiber or like that was the, the material they were, they were marketing and there was different kinds of rooms. So you had like the standard one, there was the tapered one, uh, the flex, which actually Oh, I remember bent. that one. Yeah. Yes. It didn't bend much. I was always but...
1: afraid I'd break it. I tried. Oh, my teammate had one.
0: I don't know. I don't understand how you can get used to it. You like, it wasn't noticeable to the eye, but you can definitely feel it once you put pressure on it.
1: Those were game changers though. I I mean I think the performance brooms and they've undergone different ver- they've there's different variations of them but that was I think the first broom of its type to have a head that could swivel.
0: Yes, that was that a big, was a big, game big one.
1: changing thing that um, let people get closer to the rock because at the time they thought that was the best thing to do. It turns out no it isn't, but
0: And you can change the angle too of your broom head so you weren't necessarily yeah. sweeping um, with the full length of it.
1: That's it. To me, that was a bigger change in curling brooms than making them carbon fiber, or ultralight or anything like that. It was the moment I switched to that. I was like, oh, wow, this is way easier.
0: And have you ever gone back to like an older room? You know how sometimes in clubs they just have in clubs, they'll have uh, just a pile of brooms that they use for rentals. Um, and oh, yeah. they're a mix of brownie brooms, but also those old heavy plastic ones. And I was at another club at a rental. And they only had these old brooms. So I took one and you kind of realize like how on earth did I curl with this heavy broom? It is so heavy. And then you're, I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it is a lot more exhausting playing a game with those heavy brooms compared to the light ones we have now.
1: That's right, and I. It's funny because we don't have the lightest things available. Our competitive careers have kind of wound up at the same time, and we're at a point where we're yeah, we're not going to bother to buy the new ultra fast, ultra light, uh, hardliner, yeah. balance plush, or uh, performance version of whatever. And um, if I try them, my I always I because I've tried them, and I'm like they're too light.
0: Yeah, I tried the Hardline For people like us,
1: we're not used to it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I tried the Hardline one and I really didn't like it. The one where the head is basically just foam. Yeah. Or I don't know. I think
1: the thing that really intrigues me about it is the idea of not buying broom heads over and over and over again. But just be like me and Kelly and leave your broom head on all damn season.
0: Exactly. It doesn't matter. Who cares? (laughs) I mean, my broom is circa 2010. 20
1: 2009 2010 okay and it's a couple years after that and it's still good
0: yeah i have no intention of changing it anytime soon maybe one day if they revamp the broom like they did from when we went from corn broom to the broom we have now then maybe i'll consider it but we're hanging on to it even the whole side so it used to say quebec on the side Because that's the one we use for national, and it's like totally faded now. Doesn't look as good as it used to, but it's still functional.
1: It it still sweeps. That's what you need.
0: And do you remember? Also, this trend didn't last very long, but a couple of people got the we call it the bent ballet. (laughs) (laughs) It was. It had. I guess it was supposed to be ergonomic, but there was an S bent in the broom shaft so that your wrist was i guess perpendicular to the ice yeah like totally flat as opposed
1: to in theory yeah it looks like it's easier to lean into and um and i want to say i i didn't know this but i every now and then uh when which is easy now in these days of quarantine um i look up old curling videos that they keep putting out on youtube and uh one of the interesting things to look at is what brooms are they using? And I actually found, they weren't performance brooms, the bent ballet, as we call it uh, here in Quebec, or just us two pretty much, but um, the bent broom shaft, as we call it, actually goes back much further. I really? found it being used in like the early 90s.
0: By who? Who made them? Have to,
1: I'll have to find out. I uh, I don't remember. I should have... Because
0: uh, I always thought it was the performance who made them. I don't them.
1: think they invented it, yeah. Hmm.
0: Uh, so, Rob, as you know, a topic that keeps coming up every episode is the Briar and the Scotties. And usually we've been talking about you know the format and how it has to change. But one thing I hope it doesn't change, um, and the thing that I really like, is to see the different shirts every province comes up with uh, every yeah. year. Um, so for the Nationals, there's usually one company that sponsors the the event and makes all of the jerseys and the jackets for every team not so for the juniors i guess the budget isn't there and we can get into that because we've both experienced Mm -hmm. um, the junior events but it's kind of cool to see what the design is for every province because there are every province has its own group of colors
1: yeah like for instance um, if anybody's from manitoba is listening why do you wear yellow there's no man. There's no yellow in the Manitoba flag. I guess it's because no other province wears yellow, right?
0: Well, except for. Oh, oh, yeah. That was
1: a segue for uh, perennial whipping boy of our podcast, New Brunswick.
0: <laughs> Poor New Brunswick. There's... I know
1: we have to apologize. We kept using them as the uh, in the butt of all curling jokes last week. When uh...
0: maybe if they got uh, upgraded their colors a little bit, so New Brunswick, like Manitoba, is yellow and black. They just don't wear them in the same way. Uh, Manitoba, they at least have uh, the bison as their Mm -hmm. mascot, if you will. And usually like you'll have Manitoba written in the bison shape, which is actually a cool design. Whoever came up with it. Yeah. But yeah, New Brunswick is just.
1: I disagree with you. I like the New Brunswick colors. Really? They remind me of the Boston Bruins, which I and I'm not a fan. I I live in Montreal. I am not allowed to like the Bruins, but I do like their jerseys. Oh, I, like I hate their jersey. jerseys. Oh, I love no, it. It's golden no. black, first of all, not yellow. Oh, that's true. Hey, I've I have a complaint. Um, you know how they all have their provincial crest? On yeah. The back, like of the jacket? Somebody's gotta tell people in BC that is not a crest.
0: I don't think BC has a crest.
1: They do. It's just they don't put it on their jacket. I've googled it. They they have a crest, but their logo thing on their back is the a waving BC flag. But what the heck? All the other province, even North Ontario has a crest. Get with the program, BC. What's going on?
0: They're West Coast, okay? They're doing their own thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Our goal is to offend every province. We got BC, New Brunswick, Manitoba off the list.
0: Although Saskatchewan, what I see from them too is um they have the wheat mm-hmm. bunch. Like it's basically a I don't even want to call it... do I don't know <laughs> how you call it like a it's not a bale of hay. It's just like wheat. No,
1: a tough thing. I don't know. Uh yeah, we're well you're more Saskatchewan than I am, but
0: <laughs> But I do like the color. The the green is uh the Sa- well Saskatchewan, even though there's no green in Sis well, I guess there is green. Well their
1: flag is green, so and it's uh the rough Does anybody rider even being... think of the flag we all think of the rough riders so yeah that's true Exactly. i always
0: liked uh nova scotia i really they're blue and white and i really like the shade of blue that they used um compared to quebec which is also blue and Vern- our flag is blue but the shade the, the shade of blue that they use is really not not great like they've yeah, seen I'm... the shade changes from year to year um, but I have seen it at some point in the early two thousands where it was like this baby blue.
1: Yeah. Do you remember it was that? Color blue or baby yeah, blue? Yeah, or... it
0: was really not that nice. Well, at least we have the fraulerie too, which is a good touch, a nice touch. I'm sure you've experienced this when you went to the junior nationals when coaching. Um, it is kind of a tradition, and not just at the junior level, but it is a tradition in curling to swap jerseys with uh, other teams. Um, and I know that at the juniors, there were definitely some shirts that were more popular than others. Um, if you wanted certain provinces, you really had to befriend that team early on and secure a jersey and hope that one of the players is the same size as you because that is also a determining factor if they wanted to, to swap. But I That's remember right. definitely uh, Quebec was pretty popular. Just it was different. And our shirts were also better quality than some of the others because we were always sponsored by performance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Saskatchewan was definitely a popular one because they have the, like the iconic green. Uh, Yeah.
1: I actually, I got one of them and it was, it was funny because um, the coach and well, first of all, I was coaching. So it's kind of weird to swap with, uh, but I was a pretty young coach. I was only a couple of years older than some of the athletes. So I got some of theirs too. We were pretty much the same size. But the coach of the Saskatchewan team I had met earlier, he was in he was in Montreal for the mixed nationals, which were the year before, which I was a volunteer for. So I was driving him to the air to the hotel all the time, and he was a really nice guy. We were chatting, and then he's like, "I remember you. You were that guy that drove me around. Let's swap jerseys. Oh, right, I got a Saskatchewan jersey.
0: I Saskatchewan was one of my favorite jerseys, and they never I never managed to secure one, unfortunately. Oh, no. Oh, uh, a what Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say uh, some of the least popular ones. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> although the, they usually had good quality, the Northwest Territories, like they were nice shirts. The only problem is their colors were gray, oh, like great. a powdery gray oh, and favorite. red, and um, just red's not my color, so <laughs> I did not. Stop by Most them. of
1: the provinces have some kind of red motif, but
0: yeah, and also I don't know why, but no- Ontario and Northern Ontario. I don't know where their budget went, but it definitely did not go into dressing up their players because it was <laughs> it was as if they went to Walmart, bought 5 polo shirts and
1: and just wrote aunt on the back
0: exactly with their yeah. last north name.
1: ontario cleaned it up by, by the time i was there they had actual performance or they had high quality i have a north ontario shirt that's oh, really, really nice
0: well when i went it was just a yellow cotton t-shirt like nothing oh, that's nothing special uh and it was yellow and green so the the color pairing was okay and i don't remember what they had it it didn't just say north Aunt like they had uh, maybe i think they had a moose maybe
1: Oh, of course. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A little emblem. Yeah, it was nice, but it was just so bad quality. And then you have these really nice, expensive performance shirts and you're like, I'm kind of losing out on this. Yeah.
1: Don't trade with Ontario.
0: No. But if if they've upped their game, then... Go for they it. They must
1: have. That was a long time ago that we're talking about. But I remember that was the same thing. By the time that I was there, because I was there a few years after you, a lot of these provinces had cleaned it up. They had much more professional looking, except Ontario stood alone really? with their $5 polo shirts from Walmart that were and just su- completely black or white with the name and no crest, no logo, just on.
0: And it's surprising because Ontario, it was like anyone who lives in Canada would agree that Ontario is the center of Canada. And You would assume, and a damn hard
1: province to win. You deserve a lot more than a five dollar polo shirt for winning Ontario at any level.
0: Exactly. Don't tell me you don't have budget. Like you're probably one of the biggest (laughs) provinces in the country here. So that's right. Maybe we need to move to Ontario and get on the board somewhere. But it is kind of it is a real cool tradition. And I don't know about you, but I've definitely uh, you worn those other jerseys in my latter games and even just playing the circuit. Uh, and it was kind of a thing, too. It was a little bit of a, like a badge of honor. I remember in the junior circuit, if you managed <laughs> to get a cool shirt or the teams that just came back from nationals, like they would wear the jerseys. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, I remember
1: that. Yeah, it's uh, but they're comfy. That's what it came yeah. down to is they were the better. They were well made compared to some of the other things we had.
0: And not just in Canada, but definitely internationally, there are some other iconic jerseys notably Sweden, I think is one of my favorite ones. Uh, So they're like bright yellow and blue, and they have the three crowns on the back.
1: See, I don't think you can defend the New Brunswick color scheme with the yellow and then, uh, then, or attack New Brunswick, sorry, and then bring in Sweden and be like, oh, look at all the yellow, it's wonderful.
0: (laughs) Well, first of all, I think Sweden's shade of yellow is nicer, and then yellow and blue complement each other a lot better than... The yellow and black. Okay.
1: Yeah. Like Alberta.
0: Yeah, exactly. Alberta, also a popular jersey choice. Um, yeah, so Sweden, I think, is definitely one of the popular ones. I have a couple shirts, um, which I really, really like. um And what else? Sweden, too, uh, not Sweden, uh, Switzerland also has. Yeah, uh, I've always liked theirs. Yeah, the just red and the. They look like a Swiss army knife.
1: Yeah, they don't have much of a crest or logo or. Well, what a, whatever we're talking about we all know the cross but but they they do well with it
0: oh and also i don't know if you remember denmark's jersey or their I, style so denmark doesn't have much of a flag besides the cross like right, every other scandinavian country but they have on their jackets and on the side of their shirts the chevron that goes okay. down the arm i don't know if you do you not remember it?
1: no because i feel like they change every year it just depends on the supplier I've seen some pretty ugly Denmark jerseys.
0: Oh yeah. Well also Denmark is yeah. kind of in and out of
1: That's true as well. The
0: world like <laughs> some years they're in the A and they drop to the B and then go back to That's the right.
1: A. When they make it, they've gotta make it count though, I guess. So
0: well they've won they've been successful in the past. They're just not uh as consistent as, as other teams. Um yeah, so I guess this kind of wraps up our Yeah, we've gone from
1: retro to uh, how everybody looks like NASCAR drivers now in curling.
0: Mm -hmm. And uh,
1: just for fun, Kelly, because if we were going to do, like, um, we've been talking about jerseys and equipment and everything. And so if you've listened to another episode, we did briefly step back in a competitive play uh, to attempt the mixed doubles provincials a couple of years ago. So we know all about the, uh, we're not getting the fancy things. We're going to Old Navy and finding the cheapest matching thing we can. If you let's say we wanted to go the other route. Let's say we wanted to go like dynasty jacket shirt. I looked this up and I couldn't find it. But how much do you think it would cost?
0: Like just the the jacket? jacket. Yes. Uh I'd say like $90 Canadian.
1: I have um well if anybody from Dynasty is listening, please help me because I actually couldn't find it out. Uh but what I did see is that it's a you have to submit a concept And there's a fee with that. There's a $75 concept fee and then a $75 additional fee for what they call the first proof. So you're paying at least $150 and then you might go through other iterations and it's just going to cost more each time. So those are not cheap.
0: No, but I do know that company, they market themselves as made to order. So they're not creating... Uh, a line like the Balance Plus and the Ashems and the Performance do. Okay. It's really like made to order and they're marketing themselves to teams, like okay, elite so- teams.
1: Either way, those jackets are going to set us back a, a fair amount. But yeah. um, we've got our brooms. We're good to go. Uh, Maybe we
0: can do some Behind the T podcast merch. That's the Let thing. We, we,
1: we want to start selling merch. So uh, if anybody's listening, we uh, we apologize for all the bad things we've said. Uh, but we'll, I'm going to throw out one more little bit of shade before we go here. And Before uh, you
0: say that, I was like, we are very open to changing our minds and saying that we are wrong.
1: So convince us otherwise on this. Uh because, you know, if you've been listening, you know, Kelly loves nothing more than stabilizers. And so, Kelly, I think the reason we lost, um, actually, this is mixed. I, I was making a joke about we lost because we didn't use a stabilizer. It's mixed doubles. We're not even allowed to. But let's say that you could. Um, how would you feel about buying the hardline um, designed by Reed Carruthers sliding device? It has a name. I don't remember what it is, It's called
0: but- a sliding device.
1: How much do you think it costs?
0: Well, there's how much it costs and then how much I'm willing to pay for it are two different things. I don't don't think it's like, even for brooms, I don't think they should be more than like a hundred bucks. Like even then, I think it's pretty top, top of the line, top of the range. But how much it actually goes for, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a hundred and fifty
1: pretty close if this were uh prices right you'd be probably closest without going over it's 170 wow that and i is... just want to say yeah 170 that's more than most curling brooms and you can't sweep with it
0: well that's the thing if you decide to invest in a stabilizer remember that you have to buy a broom on top of that so you're spending twice as much money than a, someone who uses only a broom to slide. That's
1: right. And I want to say one more quick thing about this. And it's that uh, I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but we were at the trials and the, a representative from Hardline who works for them was sitting right in front of us. And we started trash talking the pro slide and how expensive it was, not realizing that the uh, guy who invented it uh, was right there in front of us. Uh, so we do apologize for that. Now we're saying it over the airwave so even more people will hear this but the other thing is that uh we were curling shortly before the shutdown we played a little fun tournament in uh, the club where this was invented and they had a booth or a kiosk and they were selling a bunch of hardline merchandise and i remember making the comment to uh one of our teammates who uh hey um those are expensive guess how much they are i didn't remember the amount but he said i'm gonna go ask them how much And he confidently walked over and made some comment. But that is way too much. So he said it right to them.
0: (laughs) It could be a really good product. I don't know. I haven't tried it. So I'm not going to comment on that. But just it's like, even if a broom was $170, I'd be like, excuse me.
1: Yeah. And just to close this all out, I think a recurring theme that's coming up in uh, our uh, in every episode, other than Randy Furby, who we didn't bring in today, is that life in curling is not as cheap as we once thought it gets uh we get the um or we keep saying oh it's cheaper than hockey and it always will be one of the cheaper sports to play but once you start thinking about the apparel that we've talked about today it gets really really expensive Mm -hmm. i know for hockey you've got a whole pile of equipment that you're wearing that can't be cheap but here
0: yeah at least for curling though it does last a long time like for instance our shoes we've we've Worn them for a decade before we, yeah. I've gotten my money's
1: worth out of my shoes. I'll say that much. (laughs)
0: Same for the broom. I mean, I've already been using it for 10 years. I'm pretty sure I'll be using it for another 10. So it is like, yeah, it's a lot of money up front, but it does last quite a bit. So yeah, I guess this kind of wraps up today's episode.
1: Yeah. If, and by the way, final thought if you're gonna buy a curling merchandise, do it now. It's boxing week.
0: Oh, yeah. All these
1: prices I gave you are actually marked quite a bit down. So Perfect. Now.
0: And you'll be ready to go come next September when the next season. <laughs>
1: yes. Get ready for eight months from now.
0: So don't forget to follow us on Instagram at curling and catch us next week for uh, another episode. Fashion
1: faux pas, probably.
0: Ooh, good idea.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: All right. Bye.
1: Bye.